Welcome to Humming Fools, the podcast and amateur auditory guide hosted by nobodies and dedicated to the artists, dreamers, or anyone out there with the creative urge. I am one of your nobodies, Kyle Stuke, and tonight I am joined by my co-host, Noah Bosley. Noah, how are you? I'm good. I'm surprised you still have to read that off your phone. I, I don't feel like you should be because you know how often we do episodes, so it's not like... Uh, <laughs> Plenty of time <laughs> to do like... your homework. I mean... That's all I'm saying. That's true. Well, speaking of plenty of time to do your homework, I remember once in uh, college, um, the professor said, hey, next time you guys, I'd like you to bring two friends uh, to class and that will be your homework. And I said, Mrs. Leventary, that is impossible for me as an introvert. Uh, And she said, Kyle, this is not a real example, but you're welcome for the transition. Hey, welcome Leah and Carly to Humming Fools. How are you? Hello. Glad to be here in Mrs. Leventary's class (laughs) to prove that Kyle does have friends. (laughs) Yay. Are you guys paid actors? (laughs) No, 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 we're not. We're here of our own free accord. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just sent you your Venmo. Thank you, guys. Um, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, listener Carly winked at the camera. Yeah. <laughs> Carly, put a winking sound. No. Um, <laughs> Wait, we're, so, we're, we're starting to break the fourth wall here. <laughs> I know, it's weird. This is the first time that she's here. <laughs> I would like to say to Carly, who's editing this, yeah, here I we go. love you, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm so glad I get to talk to you from the past. This is crazy. <laughs> This feels like a conflict of interest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, listeners, if you've been listening for a while or recently, you'll know that Carly uh, edits our show, and we love that, and we love Carly, and she puts up with Noah and, and me uh, having sound effect wars with each other. Um, and also, again, if you've listened to our other show, The Night Shift, you'll be familiar with Leah, who, again, just always creates new rating systems, challenges everything I believe in the best way, and is a star. But today they are here for very specific reasons. But really quick, Carly, can you just give uh, just a intro? And you've done this before, but this, again, is for a special reason. Just tell us really quick who you are what you do, and then Leah, you're going to do the same, and then we'll talk about why you're here. Uh, I am a full-time development coordinator at Sony Pictures Animation here in sunny Los Angeles. I am a part-time podcast producer and sound editor, I guess, and I'm also a nichely beloved fan fiction author. So there you go. Nichely beloved is how I'm going to introduce myself from now on. (laughs) I'm stealing that. (laughs) (laughs) beautiful and leah tell us who you are yes i'm leah um i'm what did you guys say in your intro it's like normal persons um i'm one of the normal people (laughs) um (laughs) i don't have a creative job i'm a social worker and i do the podcast crit nasty with my siblings and have enjoyed um getting to dm um a time or two and be a part of the creative process so um, yeah, I love being on Kyle's podcast. Kyle's a great friend to me, and I enjoy watching spooky movies with him. So it's fun to be in this corner of the Kyleverse, the the Kyle multiverse of madness. I don't know what <laughs> how the fans talk about it. The but. madness is more accurate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Kyleverse. My ego loves it. It's dangerous. This is bad for Noah, but uh, it's good for me. Yeah. Well, thank you both for, again, uh, giving those us those quick little introductions. And 
Noah, uh, would you kindly grab the giant scissors and cut the big <laughs> banner? Uh, again, only with, with words. Uh, the audience can just picture it. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> Carly, add a, a ribbon cutting sound effect here, please. Just giant scissors. Like I'm pulling out a, a great sword and then some kind of fabric cut sound. Carly. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, this Carly. This is crazy. This is too much power. Carly, add an explosion. Something has happened and gone terribly yeah, fireworks, wrong. fireworks, confetti. Um, someone got If there's a possum fire, screaming, yeah. that'd be great, too. <laughs> My name's Rick. I'm a possum and I'm screaming. Carly, mute Kyle's track for the rest of the episode. <laughs> Carly, you can mute my track, but make sure that Noah's track has farts every now and then. <laughs> and Carly, you're so great, and I'm really proud of you and oh. how far you've come. <laughs> All right, this is the proverbial ribbon cutting. One of the big things that we said early on with what we wanted to do, um, Kyle and me as a sort of creative team, is eventually start bringing other people along and that didn't mean like have other people that we could tell what to do but more so have other people who were also um in the business or sphere of storytelling and enjoyed having fun in different worlds um and so it's more of a it's more of a mindset and a disposition than it is just you know a theme that everyone falls under, like everyone's free to bring their own ideas to it. And that's just kind of the, the vision we had for ominous media. Um, and so we decided after a while that it was time to, we weren't actively seeking that out, but we, we found the people at crit nasty and, uh, we're like, Oh, this is a, a perfect fit. Um, and it's uh, something that's already, established and it's high quality and it's full of the fun and the humor and the the excitement and the nerdiness that that we're about and so because of the the fit and sort of the essence of it we decided hey i actually don't remember who approached who as like in terms of teaming up but i think everyone agreed pretty quickly that it was a good idea and so, um, yeah, this is sort of our, on our side, um, on the ominous side, sort of the announcement of Crit Nasty being part of the team and, and everyone involved. Um, and that way, it's a way for us to direct people in that direction and, and say, hey, check this out. This is something that we support and believe in because we support the people involved and what they're doing. Um yeah, so this is kind of the the start, the official start of that. Yeah. Woohoo! Woo well, again, it's old news for the Crit Nasty team because uh, right. again, <laughs> per usual, Humming Fools is way, 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 way behind. But Wait to the party. Yes, uh, on behalf of Ominous Media um, and uh, all our listeners. Uh, Welcome Carly and Bean and Levi and Maggie to the Ominous family. And we're so glad to, again, be under the same umbrella and lucky to have such a fun, wonderful show um, under the same network. And listeners, 
please yourselves welcome uh, the Crit Nasty crew and all their information uh, will be in the show notes and you'll find them on our website now. Go show them some love. Again, it's quality stuff. Um, and we're going to get into the specifics of that quality here in a sec, let y'all get to know the Crit Nasty crew better. Um, but as um, your guys' welcome into the Ominous Media Network, I think Carly oh no, and Leah should help us transition <laughs> oh. <laughs> transition into the into the intro. How do you want to How do you want to play us out while we listen to some sweet tunes, Carly? Oh, uh, um. <laughs> Do you even know her? <laughs> Carly! Yeah. Carly, are you there anymore? <laughs> of course, podcast Carly. It's me, editing Carly. I'm always there with you, in you, around you. I am you. Let me help you out by transitioning us into the best theme song ever made. No, not the Humming Fools theme song. The Crit Nasty theme song, of course. Let's start off with, friends, what is Crit Nasty? Introduce our listeners if they have no idea what that is. Because, again, it's popped up a a few times, and it's been linked multiple times in the show notes. But explain Crit Nasty to, like, someone who's never heard of it. Um, So, yeah, we have a podcast called Crit Nasty, um, and it is a actual play Dungeons & Dragons podcast so far. Um, I could see it being in the just general TTRPG world at some point if we expand to other games. But um, yeah, we're a podcast of four siblings. So it's me and Carly and then our two younger siblings, Maggie and Levi. Um, And we just play Dungeons and Dragons together and record our adventures. And so we currently um, have our, the tail end of our second season being released. um, And soon we'll be announcing what our third season will be, which is exciting. Um, and yeah, we've just really used it as a great creative avenue to play together and create together as we have gotten older. Um, you know, we all live in different cities now and we are adults and it has just been a great way for us to keep in touch and grow our communication skills and challenge each other and ourselves creatively. Yeah. Yeah. What would you add on Swirl? Yeah, I would say that when we started Crit Nasty, we started it under the conceit that it was D&D, how it, playing it whatever way we wanted it to be, which is, you know, specific to how the Johnson siblings communicate and interact and joke with each other. Mm. And now it's sort of this like living history of our siblinghood where it's been like going <laughs> yeah. for two years and like... I don't, we've all like changed significantly over the course of it and our play style has changed significantly over the course of it. And so, yes, we're spoofing and goofing and we're having a good time. But I think like the real pull of Kurt Nasty is just like sitting amongst four people who have known each other all their life while they like navigate stories and characters together. Mm. And we don't 
do, barring one season, we don't do any of that high, high fantasy technical shit in case that was scaring anybody. <laughs> We're very yeah. loosey-goosey with the rules and our settings, so... That's what we uh, mean when we say D&D any way we want it to be. We're like, we're not getting in the weeds about the rules from the 5th edition, blah, blah, blah. We're four rascally siblings. You think we care about the rules? We do not. No. Which is very in the spirit of D&D. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. It's been a great time and just kind of to give a gauge of like creatively where our group stands. So Carly, you know, just introduced herself, obviously a creative and has a lot of writing experience. Um, I have never really done anything super distinctly creative. Neither has one of our other siblings, Maggie. And then Levi is, is creative, um, more like um, in an animation way, but also highly values story and like has been interested in that. And so we all kind of have different skill levels coming to the table. Um, but we did raise, we were raised in a really creative family with two parents who are creatives, um, which is interesting. Also, is the term creatives annoying? Is that like a thing that we don't like? <laughs> As actual creatives. Uh... I like it. <laughs> oh, perfect. But we all have different levels of creative energy that we bring to the table and like the history Carly was talking about, we've been able to grow. So season one, we had four mini campaigns where we each got the chance to be the dungeon master for that campaign, kind of lead the campaign and write the story for it. Season two, we've had three kind of longer ones. And then in season three, we'll have one super long campaign. So we've all been able to grow in various ways throughout the process too. Very nice. And do you guys, um, I mean, you, you obviously mentioned the the super long campaign, but are there any hopes and dreams for the podcast? Are there any other projects that you all are hoping to do? What does the future of Crit Nasty and the Johnson siblings look like? This is crazy because we started playing D&D in like 2019. And it was like just a fun thing to keep us connected. And I was like, I'll take up the mantle. I will make us a campaign. We will play it for as long as you know we want and it'll be a fun thing and then as we were playing we were like this is so fun we're having a great time we should just record this and plop it on the internet but we were pretty deep into a long camp we were like maybe a year into a campaign at that point and then we stopped it entirely and started crit nasty so we abandoned that campaign a year into it and we you know started our creative project and our season three long campaign is returning to that first campaign that we ever did mm. revamping the characters starting it over it's the same conceit obviously they don't know what they were working towards as players because we never finished it so like things have changed for sure but they're essentially playing like facelifted versions of the characters they were then and we're like ready to come back after three years of like making crit nasty and see that first campaign that we we started to its fruition, which feels very special and, again, like, ties back into this, like, living siblinghood situation. It's been a lot of reflecting, like, when we started and the characters mm. we were playing and who we are now. And, like, a lot of us have had revelations about our gender and our identities and our, like, they we're just fundamentally different people. And so it's very special to play a campaign that's stupid and we're having a great time, but also just think, like, whoa, I'm a different person than I was back then. Mm. Did you guys stop the the initial campaign because you wanted to start recording a podcast and start something new uh, so that people weren't missing out? 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. We were like, we can't just like start halfway through mm-hmm. this campaign. We're a year into, and we were like, what what would be fun for our first season just to try it out? And we're like, okay, we'll do mini campaigns and like mm-hmm. realistic. Yeah, yeah, that's that's so true. Being a whole like starting a long campaign your first year of podcasting. Mm. Yeah, and we were like, we were intense about it from day one. We were like. We're going to make this work. This is going to be a thing. We're not going to quit immediately. But I think the campaign that, I mean, we're about to start playing again for season three. It's just going to be so long. And so a bigger commitment than our like eight episode (laughs) initial campaigns. What's one of the, you know, now looking back, like what is one of the highlights? Obviously, there's probably many, but now being this far into it, having again started not knowing anything about podcasting, um, some of you not knowing anything about D&D, um, what has been like, uh, not, I guess not even highlights, just like what's been the most rewarding or one of the most rewarding things about starting this Dungeons and Dragons podcast journey? I think something for me that's been the most rewarding, there's, there's a few things, but I think just being uh, one affirmed in our sibling relationship and the strong foundation communication that we already had, like my hope was that we would be a good team. And then the reality over the last few years has been that we have, have been a good team and have continued to grow in that. And so I think it's just been rewarding getting to do something fun with the people that you love most is just really special. Um, And then I think for myself, what has been really rewarding is, you know, over the last two years, um, I know all the characters I've played, you know, I guess there's kind of two channels here as a player and then as a dungeon master. So, you know, as a player, I, I can see where I was at, you know, when I look at all of the different characters I was playing. And I think there was a point where... Like I learned how to make a complex, interesting character. Um, and I just have been able to grow in my role playing, which has been very rewarding. Um, because like I said, I, I, am uh, not a performer by nature. Um, and I think I just maybe thought that growing in something related to the creative arts was like not allowed for me or something like that, you know? And so it's been very fun, I think, to be like, oh, wow, like I can really care about this and really try and really um, give myself more freedom to try new things and take risks and uh, not be so scared about people's perceptions of me or the character, things like that. Um, So I feel really grateful for that. And then also as a dungeon master, um, I when I knew I had to dm a campaign for season one i was just like fuck no (laughs) um dang it like like i think in my true heart i was like excited and hopeful that maybe i could do it but like my logic brain was like what are you talking about you can't write a story like that's not what you do and so i think that every campaign that i've dm from my first smaller one to the second one the smaller one that i did was like 10 episodes do you think swirl and then the first one and then the second one was like 20 or 22 Um, so a big jump and, um, I think just trying for my first campaign, just trying my best and feeling really accomplished, but also like seeing like, oh my gosh, like it's hard writing a story. (laughs) It just is. And, um, like making things that are shocking Mm -hmm. and like having an interesting plot, but not railroading things too much. Like this is a free flowing game where anybody can do whatever the heck they want, Mm -hmm. you know? Like uh, being a dungeon master is just a really interesting situation. And so I think really learning in my first campaign and then going to my second campaign, that was like double the length. 
and was a way bigger world um, and a way bigger, yeah, just like premise. Um, it was really like an epic adventure in a fantasy world. And uh, it just was so fun and I loved it. And I think I did great. <laughs> and I like, I um, had learned enough to finally relax and feel more confident and need less control. Um, like was able to ask for help more. And I think with that, like the players were able to have more fun too. And we weren't bumping into each other. And so again, I'm like, these are just like literally like, it's just growth in like a creative skill or process. Mm. And it's just so rewarding to be like, wait, am I a better storyteller now? <laughs> this is crazy. I didn't think that could be me. And um, like, I feel less intimidated by what might have, like if Carly's like, you need to DM a hundred, you know, a hundred episode campaign. Um, I would be scared, but I like, I just feel more <laughs> confident that I could do it. And um, that's really been a joy and very rewarding for me personally. So I think that's a great, example for people who don't identify as creative people just because you know for whatever reason whether it's like not what you do professionally or it's not what you grew up doing or whatever but it's something that you can still tap into you just have to find like what works and what challenges you and the thing that you actually enjoy because a lot of people become good at something not because they were already you know naturally gifted at it but because they found out they enjoyed it and wanted to become better um and one thing that we kind of set from the beginning for a lot of what we do but especially for humming fools was this is for people to listen in on conversations that we're already having which sounds like was the case for you guys where you're like well we're already yeah. doing this we might as well start recording yeah um and then you sort of have to decide at some point, okay, well, are we making this now so that other people will enjoy it? Or are we just going to do the thing that we feel like we want to do and whether or not people listen to it, it's going to happen? Um, or is it? does it ever factor in where you guys are thinking, okay, well, that, that'll be not so interesting for people who are listening. Maybe we pivot to something else. Like what, what guides you in terms of how you set up a campaign? I feel like, um, <laughs> I feel like we don't give a fucking shit what people want to listen to. That's right. To. That's right. <laughs> Am I allowed to curse on this one? Sorry. Uh, Carly bleeped that out. Uh, ah, Carly, uh, <laughs> no, I'll just mark it as explicit. Oh That's my funny. god, I'm sorry. I curse like a sailor. I really do. A crit nasty is a very explicit podcast for those who are not aware. Um, and that we can promise. Yes. No, I think that the th the inception of the podcast was purely for us. Also, to tie into the most rewarding, what's most rewarding about doing it. I was in this transitional period out of college, which was my most generative time as an artist, right? I was like creating all the time. Uh, and then COVID hit and I graduated into the world and I got a desk job at a big corporation. And I thought that that was going to keep me satisfied as an artist, but it mm. certainly did not. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was really about just like, generating like what i want to do is generate what makes me feel good what 
like feels worth generating to me and as the person who's like most often in the dmc i am the one sort of picking what we're doing each season and so it really is about like what carly wants the vehicle to look like and uh and i trust that the vehicle will be seen by someone i don't care if it is but somebody somebody will see it the thing that matters most to me is that it exists and we can have fun the four of us driving around in it doing donuts and stuff (laughs) (laughs) that's i like that metaphor <laughs> yeah. And I think it's just, it's so true. And maybe one other factor that kind of guides us is just like what interests us. Because the reality is, is that being a dungeon master for a campaign is just so much work. It is wild how much work it is on the front end. And then in between each episodes, like for people who maybe haven't played D&D before, like you are essentially the holder of the story for the entire campaign. You plan everything that happens. You play every character <laughs> that is not <laughs> the other players, <laughs> every single one. And you are responsible for like, if they open the drawer at that table, they could find this secret item. You have to have it prepped. What is it? You know, um, you have to plan dialogue. And so it's just a lot of work. And so you absolutely should never plan a campaign for something that does not sound interesting to you. And so I think that like before campaigns, like we're always kind of kicking around, like, for example, like for like a year or two, Levi's been like, I think it could be super cool to do a campaign that's like about Greek gods. Like it's like kind of set in like the Greek mythology thing. And we're always like, oh, cool. Any other info? And, you know, uh, they've been able to kind of build that story in their mind. And like, who knows, maybe at some point Levi will be like, I think I'm ready to do it. Mm. I think I'm ready to take the leap. Um, but that's kind of what's guided us every time is like, well, what, what sounds interesting? Um, because you're going to be doing it. So, Yeah. I think that on a micro level, when we first started, it was hard to not like get into playing a session and be like, oh, I'm taking too long to decide what spell I want to use or like, oh, was that an interesting choice for the like, I think especially at the beginning, there was a lot of worry about if it was like a dynamic episode of content to listen to. But the longer we play, the more the more the micro worry disappears. Um mm. Because we're better players and we just trust the power of editing more. (laughs) No, I was just going to say I totally agree about getting in your brain about how am I being interesting or funny right now. And I think it's been good to have all the history we've had because what I've realized is the characters that I played where I felt like I was more in that mental rut, they just were really boring. They were just boring characters to listen to. <laughs> and then it like gets into like what makes a person interesting. And like I think mm-hmm. what I've learned with D&D is like with your characters, like you should just be throwing off the cuff shit out there. Like my character loves cauliflower and cooking with cauliflower and also they have a pet snake. And <laughs> I don't know, like you just like got to go weird places and like uh can like form like that person into a unique uh, being. Um, mm. And so I don't know, I think just caring about yourself too much and how you're being perceived has made boring characters for me. Um, so yeah. it's been good to grow out of that. I've only played a handful of times and never, never, ever as a DM, like playing on its own to me was really intimidating and I enjoy telling stories, but being put on the spot and improvising yeah. is something that's really daunting to me. Um. And so even just that part, that component, I'm like, oh, I can easily talk myself out of doing this. But I found out that if I just leaned into it and let it happen, 
that it just sort of came along pretty naturally. And the stuff that wasn't so natural where I took too long or whatever was just fun for everyone. And like you said, Carly, there is the power of editing if other people are listening to it. But when you're doing it live, it doesn't matter. Like, you're, I, in my experience, and f- just from reading or listening to other people's experience with playing D&D, the only thing that doesn't really work is when people are actively trying to sabotage whatever campaign is happening or just being deliberately difficult. Other than that, I don't know. As long- Levi plays in our party, and it's worked for us so far. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, messed up. So gotcha, bitch. <laughs> okay, well, this is funny what you're saying, Noah, because <laughs> I'm like, Noah, is that why you backed out of our no. nasty Halloween special? <laughs> no. Where Kyle learned firsthand just how difficult Levi can be? <laughs> That's yeah. funny. No, um, I actually was really sad to miss out on that because I, I knew it was going to be fun. It's okay. Um, it'll be back. We should do it we'll again do it, this year. We'll do yeah. it again. I'll be there. Absolutely. Um, yes. <laughs> I'm committing to that. Um, I was, yeah, that was, uh, for anyone who hasn't listened to it, go to Crit Nasty. There should be an episode that at least features Kyle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Of, of Crit Nasty. But yeah. And then obviously being a, being a DM to me is just so like, I just don't get it, but I imagine <laughs> It's something that you just have to tell yourself, I bet I can figure this out and then just do it. And then it's just wild. You're just creating as you go. Yeah. Yeah. I sit before we click record and I, I just, this is a universal thing. It doesn't matter if you're DMing or if you're about to like sit down and start writing or if you're about to sit down and record a song. I sit mm. down with my siblings and I think, is this going to be the dumbest, worst thing I've ever made? Like, I feel so stupid and scared and I don't know what's going to happen when I start recording this episode. It could be really boring or dumb mm. and maybe my siblings will hate it. But uh, it's like too late. The good news is it's too late by that point. Everybody's sitting down. We all set aside two hours to play. So I have to have something and I'll do it. And usually it's fine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's that's my experience with a lot of things is if I don't give myself the chance to talk myself out of it, it usually goes fine. But if I get in my head about it and don't let it happen, then I don't end up having that creative experience. And there's a cat. On the podcast. Yes. Ooh, podcast. Yeah, podcast. Going to knock over that, <laughs> knock over that glass, and yeah, also ten points really to the to the oh. cat pun. Oh man, he's smacking it. Or she? <laughs> what is that cat? It's a he. He. Okay. <laughs> pause. Pause while my cat grooms himself on a card table. Pause. I get it. Ah, <laughs> oh, put a cat sound, Carly. <laughs> happy purring and like the 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 (laughs) glass being hit something too uh just to jump in and celebrate is i feel like it is very um brave what you guys do and what i mean by that is no no for real yeah because (laughs) not because it's like oh like you like no normal person would do that so like you're crazy you're so brave no i mean it's just like 
people like to have control of how they present themselves to the world. And Mm. it's like so often the longer or the more exposure you give, it's like the more of yourself that's seen. And so with these D and D campaigns that you guys do, it's like, again, they, they go on there. They can be long, they can be short, but you are in there being silly, having fun, improvising. Yes. And all the things and then you're putting it out there and a lot of people wouldn't be comfortable just with that aspect of it. Like it's the same thing with like why people aren't comfortable being interviewed. It's like you can talk to someone for two minutes, but for an hour and a half, it's like a, you're sharing a chunk of yourself with people and there is the power of editing, but still personality and stuff can't help but come through. And so often after doing these shows night shift or humming fools usually at the end i'll feel kind of like depleted and i'll feel a little bit like was that good kind of like you know what you were talking about earlier i'll i will have the thought of like is this garbage that 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 someone's going to listen to (laughs) yeah um and so i do think it's like really cool and it definitely ties into the humming fools spirit which is that you guys are like allowing yourself the ability to play, allowing yourself to. Uh, the cat is on Carly now, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Say something. He's not going. Give us some cat shy. wisdom. <laughs> Carly, um, you have the power to make this cat speak. <laughs> yes, give it Don't. one way or another. There, there is another. a man Dungeon in your life up. who can provide the voice for this cat, and so we want to hear. Embarrass me in front of my friends. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just again like in this age of uh like social media and like you can just so much like create this persona. I get I love people who are open to being silly, are open to making mistakes, open to putting their journeys out there for others to witness and um again like you guys didn't know exactly what you were doing but you did it and i'm so glad that you didn't stop yourselves and that's something that noah and i talk about a lot and it's like don't be the person to say no to yourself mm-hmm. you yeah. know because there's going to be so many other people that do that you know you so need true. to be the one who's saying go ahead so um doing silly voices creating stories and hanging out and putting it all out there that's why i think it's brave not because i don't think you should be proud of it i think you should be proud of it because you're making stuff and you're having fun and you're again that it's you're 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 being fools in the best sense and i love it we are being (laughs) fools i think the thing that really helps too that like we are very lucky to have i'm sure bean will agree on this and have more to say about this is that like there is at least for us there is no safer space to make a fool of yourself mm. than with your three siblings. Like, I think that's the thing that makes it really special and enables us to, like, try stuff without worry of, of failing is because, like, I know with these three people, they might razz me for, like, pulling a terrible character name out of my butt, but... <laughs> Like, they know me better than anybody else in the universe, and Mm -hmm. they know that I am doing my best, and they appreciate that, and Mm. I know that intrinsically. Mm. So I think that's another special thing about the the podcast and what it's done for us is just, like, it's the safest of spaces to to be dumb. And Mm. even as it's grown into a bigger production, like, it's also the safest of spaces to be, like, 
I think that didn't work or I think I'm kind mm. of angry that that happened at the table or I need you to post on social media like I don't have to fear burning bridges uh, with my creative partners whereas like when working with somebody who I, is not my sibling I you know have to go about giving notes or having meetings in a more like uh, I guess customary, respectful, like academic way to make sure that the relationship is built properly. Mm. Um, but we have that relationship built in. Yeah, the in my experience, one of the most important things for nurturing creativity is the safety to fail, especially yes. if you're doing it with other people. Um, and just like try things that don't work or mm -hmm. try something, work really, really hard at it and it doesn't go anywhere, and you have to say, you know what, this is too much for me, um, which Kyle knows we've had to do. Um, uh, no, I'm confused. Everything we've done has succeeded. <laughs> That's right. No, you're right. You're right. I was thinking of someone else. Uh, but I think it also speaks more broadly of role-playing in general, which is like from a distance, it's really nerdy, and up close, it's really vulnerable. Yes. And that's the, yeah. the thing when, like, when it's your turn to be, like, someone asks you, do you want to do this? That's when you're like, oh, this is real. Like, I have to actually, like, commit, um, mm -hmm. which is terrifying. Even, even in a closed setting, even if you're not pressing the record button, it's still really scary to be like, I'm going to go all in and... Like, ironically, it's really vulnerable to pretend to be someone else and to act it all the way through, like carry all the way through like this person's motivations, this person's like situation, what they were born into, where they find themselves, what struggles they're faced with. And then this brings me to a larger point, which is something that you guys mentioned, which was over the course of making the show you guys have found out a lot about yourselves um, and which is something that's fascinating to me. And I think um, Kyle especially can relate to this just in terms of having had to write so many different stories back to back, you sort of discover like, Oh, my character reacted this way here, either because that's how I would react or because that's who they are. And then it makes me think of who I am and how I would react in that situation. Um, totally. And I just think that's such an interesting vehicle that you guys used for sort of like identity exploration, um, which is a really powerful thing. Um, and I think it adds a lot of depth to the show that you guys make. Yeah. It's nice of you to say. No, I, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And I totally agree. Like, uh, I think Dungeons and Dragons, particularly like outside of our podcast, is just such an incredible tool. <laughs> I'm like, D&D &D is a spiritual tool. Um, but it's just really like I would encourage listeners, like if you've ever been interested in playing, like try it out because you do like it's a exercise in vulnerability and putting yourself out there. And like you get there's a little escapism. You can kind of like try out like it's like. I just have a lot of rage right now. I'm going to play a character that's really mad and like just has a hammer and hits 
stuff with it. You know, you can really kind of um, try out parts of yourself that you feel you don't get to access in your day to day. You know, you can try a character with a different gender, a character with a different job, a character like you can literally do anything. Um, And uh, in that too, you're, you're just making a ton of choices. And so you actually get very used to failing, um, because like, this is also a game of dice. And so statistically you're going to fail, you know, um, the different checks in and, or like say something that's lame or whatever, um, you know, and you just fail a lot. And so I think it's almost a little desensitizing, um, kind of helps increase flexibility and actually even like, like there's been some studies done about D and D as like a useful um, tool for um, helping people with social anxiety, like different kind of mental health. Um, like ex- it's like a form of exposure therapy almost um, because you're having to make these choices and like play the hero this time um, or um, play the villain, you know, like do whatever you want and kind of explore the different parts of yourself. So um, it's just a really great outlet for a lot of really beautiful things, I think. Mm. I love the idea of D&D as like trying on different emotional outfits to see like, Mm -hmm. oh, actually this, I like the way this looks on me. I'm going to carry that out into real life or, oh, this doesn't, this doesn't really work, but I'm glad I tried it because now I know. And it's, this is for someone else or, yeah, I think that's really cool. Speaking of spiritual tools and emotional outfits, let's dive into the Sonic fan fiction. Yes, please. (laughs) Wait, this is incredible. (laughs) This is exactly, yeah, we need time to highlight. What do you want to (laughs) know? I want to know how it started, what what your Sonic world is, and then how people (laughs) reacted to it. Okay. Okay. I mean, this is a really long conversation. This is why I can't believe you haven't asked me to be on Humming Fools yet, Kyle. (laughs) We could dedicate a whole podcast to this and fandom and what it means to artists. Okay, listen, maybe we can wait then because that sounds like a really tasty episode. But can you give me just like a quick... A quick little appetite. Can you can you plug an appetizer for our listeners? Plant a seed, a sonic seed, if you will. I think that that um the thing about like my fan fiction and my internet life and D and D, like you have said, is that I do have an internet persona, and I feel much freer to fail and like write my silly, stupid shit of like hedgehogs kissing each other because nobody. <laughs> mm, knows oh yeah. What's happening here, and they can't associate with that, like with my face and my professional life, and like it can't solely my my. And I honestly don't think it solely's my like persona as a creator. It's something very cool and fun, and I've succeeded at. Um, but again, it's something that I generated purely for myself. I wouldn't care if like a single person read it that I wanted this story to exist because I love the characters and I could see this playing out. And so I wrote it and did a lot of other people liked it. And then again, I have this persona where I am free to put that out there and create something. And again, it's another outlet for generation that I love and community. There's a real community again, like with D and D. There's a huge community for D and D. It like really popped off when the uh, when the pandemic hit. So the tease is write your cringy shit 
and love it. <laughs> Send us your best Noah and Kyle fanfic. The winner <laughs> will get a Dollar General coupon. Ooh, that's fun. Yeah, Ooh. it's going to be a good time, y'all. <laughs> If Noah and I kiss, you get extra points. What are you talking about, Kyle? You wrote Noah and Kyle fanfic, and it's called yeah, the Evil Cast. That's right. I was gonna <laughs> yeah, say. they haven't kissed yet, though, so it's, it's terrible. They no. haven't kissed yet. Time. Next Dude, time on wait. the Evil Cast. But there is yeah. a version out there. Well, on my computer, of uh, <laughs> Kyle and I in bed, shirtless. <laughs> That we had to decide well. whether or not that was canon. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Because we had to yeah, do... We were... What was it? Nightmare, Nightmare on Elm Street? Is that the post? Oh, yeah, we so were parodying that one. <clears throat> we had to do... I love that. All our all the evil cast issue covers are movie posters, and usually they're like classic horror. This one was yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street. The one where the girl is like holding her sheets, and there's like Freddy Krueger above her. And I was like, well, Kyle and Noah should both be in this bed. <laughs> and somehow they, I mean, she's not wearing any clothes, so they weren't wearing any clothes. And then <laughs> I submitted it and Kyle was like, this is great. Um, we love a little bro sleepover moment. Yes, I just think, I just think that people might be confused. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> or might the think ultimate that, goal of the story. Yeah, exactly. Cool? have this beautiful relationship exactly it's like is this an easter egg or um so somewhere somewhere that version exists but eventually i added a flannel shirt on one of them fan fiction writer heart is like oh yes somebody needs to write an epic about like noah and kyle going down into those haunted haunted mines and like a beautiful romance blossoming What are you talking about? They go to Paris yeah. for the baguettes. <laughs> and then they go to Paris. <laughs> oh, a s- side note, why is why is fan fiction always romantic? Ugh, because <laughs> That's a great question. That is a great question, Noah. My answer is I simply don't understand why you're writing fan fiction if not to make the little guys who don't kiss kiss. Kiss, sure. That's why I write it, is they're never going to kiss, and I need them to kiss. The people who, like, write fan fiction about, like, Sonic just going on another adventure, I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> I like, that's just a spec script. I go on his adventures already. Yeah. I think I'm going to start writing fan fiction of things where people in the actual material are together in a romantic relationship, <laughs> but my version is they hate each other and they're yeah, fighting. They, yeah, they're, they're breaking up. Yeah. Yes. That was magical. Yeah, I never, I never thought about why it's always romantic, but it's true. That's, I mean, like, like every, yeah, every fanfic I've read has always been romantic, but some of them have a significantly more plot than romance as well. You know, like I've read One Direction fan fictions, like written by fourteen-year-olds. That's like romance only, but I've also read like harry potter fan fictions that like are the size of a full harry potter book that is like plot 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 and like do draco and hermione kiss yes but also like voldemort's back so that's a big thing of, of, of fanfic is is taking the like villain bad boy and mm-hmm. then making him end up with yeah. like the the hero's main girl normally like avatar does that all the time i've seen some of those and i'm like i'm not mad about it oh that's uh, such a good pairing though yeah it I is i mean i happen i think that's literally how 50 shades of gray happened 
That's correct. That's yeah. correct. Because it was Twilight, Twilight fanfic. fanfic. Yeah. I actually played a character. This is to bring it, to circle back to D anD. I played <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons with my coworkers pretty recently, and when I'm playing with people who one have never played before, and two like it was a DM I've never experienced before, I like to bring a low stakes character who can just say dumb shit and sort of keep things moving. And so I made this character. Um, named Bella Gray, who was writing a Twilight fan fiction, and her like internet name was E.L. James, and all she wanted was to find a vampire to turn her. She was like, I just need one vampire out here to come get some of this sweet, sweet blood, and like, no matter what she, all she wanted, her, she was like 17 years old, writing Fifty Shades of Grey on the internet, and she, all she wanted more than anything was to become a vampire. That's funny. One thing I, I have read awesome. about fan fiction as just sort of as a writing challenge is that because it's almost always romantic in nature um the thing that makes it hard is that when you're setting up people go into reading fanfic hoping that they'll see two people kiss like at the at the base level and i'm saying i'm saying kiss as the pg version of it um (laughs) yes Mm, waka waka but and so because of that the stakes can't be whether or not two people will end up together. 100%. They have to be greater than that. And that is a subproduct of what ends up happening, Um, which I think is really interesting. Cause if you write a regular story with no expectations, people will be like, Oh, I wonder if those two people will get together and that can be your tension. But with fanfic almost inherently that is the goal and so you can't have that just be the tension because people are like, well, obviously this is going to happen, but you need something greater to like drive the story. 100%. Well, and so like narratively, they say this is not a hard and fast rule, but typically the story ends at the beginning of a relationship. So the point mm-hmm. is not, unless you're writing a one shot, which is a type of fan fiction, that's like they do something cute and then they kiss at the end and it's just one chapter. It's like, 3,000 words, and uh-huh. that's it. But if you're writing a story, you're not going to start with the fucking kiss. That's not the p- the point of the story is to get to the kiss. Yeah. <laughs> the rest is How incidental. many words is your story, Swirl? My story right now is sitting pretty at about 120,000 words. Novel-length fan yeah. fiction. And, that's a decent um, novel. <laughs> well, the other thing about it, Noah, is that I am writing in an AU, which is an alternate universe, which uh-huh. is like... You take the characters and you put them in college or you take the characters and you put them in space. And so it's like in this world, they just met each other and they're, you know, like um. they don't have all the history that they have or the the lore of the actual Sonic universe. Like I built a world um, for them to fall in love in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. And it I takes 120,000 words to get there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would wear a shirt that has Sonic, and I, I don't know who you ship him with, but I would have them both on the shirt, and then it's just a quote that says, I built the world for them to fall in love with. <laughs> I would wear that shirt. Love it. I that would, too. <laughs> That's <laughs> what All right, listeners, you go out there and make that shirt for us. Oh, man. <laughs> so funny. Carly? Carly? Get that shirt happening. That's right. Carly, you can Carly, do anything. Carly? <laughs> Make that happen. Zazzle.com. We all remember it. Um, (laughs) I don't want to take too much of y'all's time. So, again, we've gotten some great exposure to Leah and Carly. We know who they are. We have heard about Crit Nasty, 
all the benefits of Dungeons and Dragons mentally, emotionally. We got to dip our sexy little toes into fanfic and all that tasty goodness. Carly, Leah, are there any final things you would like to leave our listeners with uh, before we wrap up this episode and let y'all get back to your life? Oh, I'm sad it's over. (laughs) I love to hang. I know. This is just the beginning. Yeah. So true. Yeah, I think I I do want to say, like, we're just so excited to be a part of your podcast network. We just really admire y'all and the creative projects you put out and, um, yeah, have enjoyed them for many years. So it's really exciting to be able to um, jump in and have new creative partners. So thank you so much for agreeing to this. (laughs) We're super excited. Yeah. And I want to issue a challenge right here, right now. Uh oh. This God. year, <laughs> Mall Crew comes back for Halloween 2023, and Noah will be yeah, there. You he heard will. it here first. He will. The exchange student's coming in, baby. He's flying in from France, and he will be there this year. <laughs> Wait, I got to go to France before it, then, and then fly <laughs> in. Um, because that's the challenge. <laughs> yep, challenge. Go to France, come back in time for Halloween. I actually am going to France in <laughs> September and then coming back. So, dude, it's, it's happening. happening. It's, it's happening. unfolding right before it's our written. eyes. It is written. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. That was so fun. But yeah, Noah was the one missing thing that made it, that kept it from being 100%. But we will reconcile Did you that listen to that episode year. at all, Noah? Do you want to know the plans that I had for you? For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> I actually uh, started it and never finished it, if I'm being it's completely right. honest. No, no, Trash. that's okay. Boo. I uh, paired people off and I stuck them in different sections of the mall and I was going to pair you with Bean playing the iconic Lunk Dupreen stuck in the basement trying to navigate, like trying to tell everybody what was going on. It was going to be like you and Lunk Dupreen as the the guys in the chair for everybody else running around the mall. Oh, amazing. Wait, so is the next one that we do going to be a continuation of that? I think we're going to anthologize it where it's like you guys are the same characters, but whatever Uh, happened in the mall has been wiped Twilight Zone-esque. And now here you are again in some other spooky situation where it's like, I don't know, maybe the lore is that these six teens have found themselves in some wormhole and they keep groundhog daying into spooky situations. I don't know. I'll have to think about it. Love it. Love it. I'm there. Mm. Delicious. Well, you heard it here, folks. It is. It's coming and it's coming in hot. And it's gonna be served on a baguette. I'm sorry, Noah. I know. I really need to you just like to, actually. You had to slide it in. You had to to meet your quota. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I just like I need to like actually learn more about like French culture so I can like <laughs> make like I can make jokes that actually like are something beyond baguette. It was so served on a croissant. <laughs> there we hey. go. Croissant. I mean, we're those. That's a deep cut right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just starts clapping. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Thank you all for uh, coming on tonight. And again, super excited to uh, be a part of Ominous with you and excited to hopefully, um, again, uh, jump back and forth between each other's shows, have crossovers and all that tasty goodness. And again, who knows what other cool things we'll make in the future. Um, we just keep 
we keep all making more work for ourselves. Why stop now? Um, but yeah, and Noah, thank you for designing the very tasty new uh thumbnail logo for crit nasty it yes. turned out very nice very spicy yeah that was fun a little upgrade <laughs> um and listeners thank you as always for listening to humming fools when we release an episode every three years we appreciate it um and uh again please go check out crit nasty show notes or website it'll be super easy for y'all to find show them some love again there's so many different campaigns so just freaking take a look at see what sounds interesting and there's something for you i guarantee it um but yeah until next time this has been humming fools keep on humming and keep on fooling baby This has been an ominous media production. Thanks for listening. You're all right, boy.